Hey guys, just Josh here. Welcome to Ballarat Talks. Proudly sponsored by the Region Cinema. Yeah, you, yeah. you were putting the balls on the line there. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I moved, I moved out of home when I was 14, so it sort of comes really? yeah. my face. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys, with Rochelle Kirkham. We talked about her role at Courier as a journalist and what it looks like on a day to day basis, and getting insight into her passion for telling people's stories. <laughs> today's guest. Uh, we met, well not met, we met for the first time today, but we were talked about four, three weeks ago? Yeah. On the phone. Um, so her name's Rochelle, Rochelle Kirkham, I sound that right, yeah. Um, met on the phone uh, when, just after lockdown, so I have a gym in town and she rang me up about uh, how I thought the lockdown was going or how, how it was going to end. No, was it, no, what was it? It was, because we were a week, you rang me the week just before we... We're allowed to open. Yeah, when you weren't al- when yeah. you weren't allowed to operate, yeah, how you were exactly feeling right. about that? Yeah, obviously not good at the time. But um, like, it, and then I said to her, I said to her, well, do you want to come on the podcast? Because I thought it'd be really cool to 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 meet a journal and just have a chat about what you do. So I find it, I do find it quite interesting. Um, but for a start, I just want to know a bit about you as a person. So I, I obviously don't have any. I don't, I don't know much about you. Obviously, meeting you today. Hit me. Where did you grow up? Uh, so I'm from the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne mm. called Roval. Went to school in Belgrave, Dandenong Ranges, yep. where Puffing Billy is. It's probably oh, the yeah, most that's familiar that's thing yep. to people. So I could hear the train from school, yep. which was really good. And I went to uni at RMIT straight after school, studied journalism, did an internship here at The Courier, yep. and started working in Dalesford doing The Advocate, which is part of the same company while I was at uni. Yep. That was really, really fun. Amazing opportunity. Hard work because I was driving two hours from home oh, in Roval to Dalesford. Jeez, no way. Three days a week <laughs> <laughs> while doing uni. <laughs> Were they paying for you for that too? Or not? Yeah, yeah, oh, that, okay, that was my was job. Right. So yeah. I had a part-time job. Worked at a restaurant yep. as a waitress. I was did tutoring as well. Okay. So I was struggling a few things and doing uni. Um, went to Japan in my final year of uni to do an internship in Japan with the Japan Times. Just, I'll cut you off there. <laughs> Japan. It was amazing. My favourite favorite oh, place in the world. Yeah, it's probably my favourite yeah, place as it was well. Awesome. It's just the people are so beautiful. So nice. There's no there's like there's no graffiti anywhere. But you feel safe walking around at twelve o'clock at night. Like it's. Yeah. yeah, and as a young female alone for two months, yep. um, trying to find my way around a foreign country, you know Tokyo's yeah. train system it's is odd. madness. Crazy. The amount of times people just stopped, took time out of the day to actually like come with me, take me to where I wanted to go because I was lost. Yep. I was in um, like a more country area and trying to get to a temple one time. Yep. And Google Maps is really hard. You may have found when it's like the name of a place that is Japanese and you're trying to write English. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not good with maps. So I was just completely lost. I was like, how am I going to find my way in this country town? There's not a heap of people around. This guy was riding his bike and I just stopped him. I was like, oh, can you help me? And he sort of pointed me the right direction, started walking. I'm like, all right, I'll be fine now. Yep. Next minute, he's riding beside me and he's... They take you all the way? He's taking me there, like 20 minutes. Same thing happened with us on a train. I said, oh, how do you get to this place? And I thought, oh, it must be just around the corner because he's just taking us there, all the way there. Amazing the people. Yep. Yeah. Incredible. But anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a really awesome um, part of my uni to do that, have that experience. And uh, as soon as I finished uni, 
got offered a full-time job here at the Courier, so yep. made the move to Ballarat. Um, I was only 20, so I didn't expect to move out of home so early and start renting and thought I was going to be here for a year and almost three and a half years later, I'm still here. You love it, obviously. <laughs> love Ballarat, yeah. yeah it's really I think great. it's one of the best, like, like, I say this every podcast, I think it's incredible place. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, Obviously, I moved here for work, but um, my partner came a year later and we'd sort of thought about, you know, if we could live anywhere in Victoria, where would we want to live regardless of my work? And yeah, mm -hmm. Ballarat was the really? place. Number yeah. One. Yeah. Um, so you go to the, how did you, so you obviously got hired at the Courier because of your work at Darsford. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then your first year there, what your expectations what as a job you walk in what's your expectations of what you're going to be doing in the workplace or how how it was going to be going um, it probably started from i guess before i did my internship that's maybe the first expectations i had of it but yep. um i guess as a uni student you just sort of like you might be running coffees or whatever, <laughs> whatever. but <laughs> coming to do an internship at the career you're like straight into everything you know doing stories on your first day talking to people i remember going out to Bacchus marsh on my own spending the whole day like taking video photo doing big features as an intern so i guess that sort of set up the expectations for what working as a journalist is like pretty yep. hectic full-on Talking to lots of different people, which is the best part about it. I was going to say, you know a lot of people around town, but Elvinia. Yeah, it's been an amazing way to integrate into the community and mm. get to know people, um, just form connections and then figure out where you can also contribute outside of work as, as a community member as well. Yep. How's, um, how were you going last year with COVID then, with your stories? Because obviously your stories change... Like, you wrote a lot about COVID. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> it'd, it'd be just COVID, 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 wouldn't it? Yeah, well, um, at work we all have our particular areas that we focus on. So if you read the paper, you probably see the same person often writes about, you know, police matters or um, court, yep. infrastructure stories, big features, health. So we all have our specific areas. And first few years I've mainly just did a bit of everything, a bit of general um, news and... I have a real interest in social welfare issues and um, things like homelessness, family yep. violence, um, caring for people in the community that might not be doing so well as everyone else. Yep. And I also do court reporting now as well. So okay. um, I guess during COVID, my focus on stories related to COVID was about, you know, people's experience, um, how family violence worsened during lockdowns, um, how people could get help, um, yep. you know, financial counselling services are available, um, people experiencing homelessness, how it changed their whole world, and, you know, not being able to couch surf anymore yeah. with COVID lockdowns and yep. um, money to put more people into motels, but, you know, there's nowhere to move on after that because there's no accommodation, so those sorts of things. But I guess I could do... We, we worked from home all throughout the lockdown, which is kind of yeah. interesting imagining a newsroom operating separately with everyone at home yeah. um, but it worked for us because our team had been together for a while and we'd all been around Ballarat a while so you have your contacts um, and they don't mind when you call them on the phone and can have a chat yeah, whereas it can be a lot harder if you're new to town trying to do that from home yep. and you don't have a st established relationship so yep. we're pretty lucky in that sense. Definitely. How do you find, so a lot of those sort of topics you just bring up 
do you feel like, I don't want to say negative, but like you're sort of trying to bring light in a positive way, but do you, do you have like a ratio of sort of things that you can report on where you sort of want to go like positive, negative, positive in a way? Does that make sense? <laughs> we don't have a ratio. Well, yeah, I, know, so. <laughs> I, know, well, I know you can't really pick that, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, look, personally, I love telling positive community stories and I think we're luck- I'm lucky in at the Courier, we really believe in the power of um, our role in telling those positive community stories in a place like Ballarat. You know, yep. big city like Melbourne, the newspaper isn't going to do that because, you know, it's too big. But here we're that size where you can still celebrate those amazing things in community. Like we write stories about businesses doing great things and innovation and volunteers doing incredible work for the community. And yep. They're all things we should celebrate and Definitely. be aware of. That sort of leads on to the next topic. Your the digital to paper ratio has that changed much from people buying the paper to online? Do yeah, you... look, I'm not totally across all the info with paper sales, yep. but in my time at the Courier, it's been really interesting to see the shift more and more on prioritising digital. Yep. So, for example, when I first started, we would. Every morning we have a news meeting where we pitch our stories and we might get allocated uh, spots in the paper for what we're writing for the paper at the start of the day because that was the priority, thinking about what's going in the paper. Mm -hmm. For a couple of years now, we don't know what's going into the paper until three (laughs) o'clock, which makes it tricky sometimes, but it's, it's trying to shift that thinking to, you know, digital first. It's not being dictated by, you know, printing times anymore. We can publish whenever we want, yeah, which we have, um, yeah, pretty privileged to be able to do that um, in a newspaper, but to be able to get things out straight away. Yep. Whereas I guess TV is still bound by that, you know, waiting for the nighttime news and radio, like waiting for that, that bulletin hour. We can yep. just get things out. As soon as they happen, yeah. So it's not like you don't really wait for... Well, I suppose you have to report it there and then because everybody's reporting about it um, rather than waiting for it to go on the paper the next day or... What are the, I don't even know what the paper days are, to be honest. What every, are every day except every Sunday. Day. Right, yeah. well, there you go. See, I'll, yeah. that's so much daily, daily deadlines, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where do they print them? They used to be printed in Ballarat. Yep. And we had a great printing site here, but with changes in um, company ownership... Yep. Um, unfortunately, the site in Ballarat closed this year, yep. and it's now being printed in Melbourne. Wow! So you get the deadline at what, three? No, no. We find out what's going in the paper at three. Oh. <laughs> so what? What have we worked on on the yeah, day? So, or... right, hang on, break, break it yeah. down for me. Go. Uh, you start. You start. Uh, start me on a, a Monday morning. You yep. rock up. So we we all come in. Eight. Well, we have a police reporter that starts at six. Yep. And most of us start at 8.30. We have a news meeting at 8.50. We're all in the room together or <laughs> virtually in the room together yeah. with some people still working from home. We've still got that flexibility. And that's where we pitch our story ideas for the day, what each of us might um, want to do for the day. Yeah. And um, we'll just get on to working on those ideas and um, thinking about priorities like does it need to be published really soon? Is there other people working on this story? Um, and that's how you sort of prioritise what's going on in the day. And then the editors will meet throughout the day and in the afternoon they'll make the decisions about what's going in the paper the next day. So technically, hopefully we've written our stuff before yeah. that happens, but um, it's pretty full on, you know, Fast producing pace. like three, sometimes more stories a day. And 
yeah, by the time the afternoon comes, you find out exactly what they want for the next day. Yeah. yeah. It'd be hard because, like, especially, I don't think I answered the first time. So maybe if I call you back, say, an hour later, then you're already going to be like, you might be scrambling because you're like, I've got to get this down the deadline. So if they don't call back, I need to go to somebody else. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Sometimes you have days when no one's getting back to you. You put out a lot of calls and sometimes you put out a lot of calls just in case and everyone gets back to you. So, <laughs> you, you yeah, have just lock the drawer. <laughs> um, so have you ever written a story where people have given you backlash? Like on it, like uh, like it could be the comments because I know what the I'm not being harsh on the courier, but yeah. I know the courier's comment the courier comment section can be quite bad sometimes. How how do you deal with that type of stuff, or you just don't look at it? Um, I personally don't look at Facebook yeah. comments. One, it will take up way too much of our time, Definitely. and can be kind of sad sometimes. Yeah. Rough. yeah, yeah, which is understandable. Like people are allowed their opinions, but we do get a lot of calls as well. And oh. um, our poor editorial assistant has to take all of those calls. <laughs> and <laughs> so, like, what, what do they say? Are they saying like you can't say that, or is it like you need to take this down, or oh, any of those things depends on the story. Like. Um, I don't hear it a lot personally because the calls don't come to me, but um, we do court reporting and families of accused or um, people who get convicted of crimes will call up all the time yeah. <laughs> complaining about why their son or daughter or family member is in the paper, but we just have to explain that's our job. Yeah, and if we picked it. and choose who we would name and who we didn't, then yep. we wouldn't be doing trouble. our job and yep. we wouldn't be consistent. So, yeah, yeah just got to explain those things. But... Um, there enough people have their own opinions and um, we don't we try and be as fair and balanced yeah. as possible you've got to, that's what yeah. you've got to, you report you're there to report the news yeah yeah um, do you have a favorite story you know, like <laughs> one that you've said that you've over the years it's really been um, I knew you were gonna ask me did this. You, did you, you did <laughs> I had a feeling um, it's really hard to pick a favorite story um, we just write so much but there are the ones that stand out and for me they're probably the ones where you're getting the chance to tell someone's story who might not really get the chance to do that very often like people who are experiencing homelessness or people who have gone through horrific family violence you know they're sharing their story to raise awareness of of the issues and um, sometimes to give people hope of of what outcome you can have and work through those problems Um, but yeah, I just find it a real privilege to be able to hopefully try and give a voice to people who don't usually get the chance to have their voice heard by people in the community. I like that. Yeah. Um, I, can, I can tell you a memorable one yeah, if you give like. Me memor- yeah, give me a memorable so one. So last year they uh, did a story about homelessness during COVID yep. um, with a guy named Cliff. Yep. And um, Cliff had been in a long-term marriage with his his wife and had a family and you'll often hear that family breakdowns are the reason that people find themselves homeless so he divorced and he put all his money into a caravan and he you know it was fine for a while he was having probably having an okay time traveling around in his caravan but he had never been on welfare before and couldn't use the internet so he just hadn't um, nominated for Centrelink and he didn't have a job because he was quite el- elderly so he had no income and he was um, living in a caravan park and eventually he had like 
$7 in his bank account. He's like, I can't pay to stay in this caravan park anymore. So that's when he reached out to Uniting for help and they were able to help him connect with Centrelink and yep. get some income and get him into public housing because he was a priority because over 50 and a single male. Oh, so it's a problem, yeah. yeah, so um, that was a good news story in the end because I first did the story with him in the caravan and then got to oh. follow up as well. I got to go to his house when he got moved into the public housing. Oh, awesome. And you could see how proud he was and how happy he was um, to have a home. And he just said, oh, I've got so much space. It was like a tiny one-bedroom unit, but he, he was used to being in a caravan, so he thought he had so much space and it was so warm and he could cook properly. Um, so tough. Yeah, but that was a good one because often, yeah, there's not that much housing out there, so it was good to be able to follow it through and see him get to live somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Do you, you sort of, you're obviously super passionate about that, that sort of stuff. Is this where your true passion lies rather than the, like, the storytelling and that? Like, do you want to be in that field? Oh, it's an interesting question. Um, and it's often, yeah, it's interesting to think about where the impact can be too. Mm. So I think I'm really passionate about education and awareness of community issues and I think we have a pretty key role to play in that at the paper and I love writing and I love just talking to people and listening to their stories. Um, It would be a very hard gig working in that sector. It's it's so, so tough. So who knows where I'll be one day but, yeah, definitely passionate about um, raising awareness of those issues in the community. I find that um, it was actually recently that I I took a guy into Safeway for, um, he said, oh, I have some money. And I said, oh, what are you after? And he said, oh, I just want food. And I said, come in, I'll, I'll grab some stuff with you. And it's just the smallest gift of like, all he, you know what he got? He got roll and soy sauce. Wow. That was it. And he was so thankful for the smallest thing yeah. that we take for granted every day. Yeah. And that was a good thing of you to do, to take him in there. Well, it's oh, half selfish, to be honest. I felt good about it. But like, <laughs> it's obviously helping him. Yeah. Like it's a, yeah. It was a, yeah. Like he's... Yeah. It's pretty hard to watch that. Oh, yeah. Do you, what are the numbers? Do you know the numbers in town? Like in terms of people that are actually... Um, it changes pretty frequently, but at any one time, there are hundreds of people uh, on what Uniting calls. Uniting is the entry point to homelessness yep. uh, and housing services in Ballarat. So once um, someone contacts Uniting, they're then assessed what their needs are and there's this thing called a priority list which is um, waiting for housing or just support and at any one time there are hundreds of people on that list I think it could be I think it was about 300 and something last week 300 people yeah Yeah. not just people um, like family groups okay yeah and if they don't get in the house they just have to live on the streets um Rough sleeping on the streets is a small portion. Yep. It's maybe what we see the most. Yeah. Um, it's only about 7% of people experiencing homelessness. But um, think of, you know, families, couch surfing, living in motels as emergency accommodation, but there's very few places for them to transition because the rental market's so high uh, and tight and there's just a lack of public housing. Mm. Um so, yeah, the, all those situations, people sleeping in tents, um, people sleeping in caravans, in their cars, it's any form of in, uh, unsecure housing situation is homelessness. Yeah. 
What would you, is there something you would say for people to then, I know we're sort of going off, with, I'd, I'd rather <laughs> talk about this stuff because you're yeah. passionate. Um, is there something that you would say to people that they can help with then? Like what would you... Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people in the community aren't aware to start mm. with. Um, doing the Committee for Ballarat Leadership Program as well and we had to organise one of our own program days and my team organised a day on housing and homelessness last week and it was really interesting and this is a group of, you know, uh, ed- well-educated, well-informed, you know, passionate community members. Yep. They were really shocked by what they heard last week in terms of the scale of the issue in Ballarat. So, yeah, awareness is a big thing and then knowing how to help um there's a lot of services doing great things that Supers. struggle for funding. Yeah, Supus does amazing it, work. Uh, all volunteer. The shower. Yeah, shower bus. Shower bus yeah, yeah, and they're all volunteer. You know, drip their initiatives done by people in the community. So, yeah, we can address gaps as a community and help fund services where there's gaps in government funding. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think you should. I think you should go into that. Was that well, that was my next question. Were you gonna? <laughs> Are you, do you plan to pivot, I was going to say pivot out of the uh, like the career to like maybe some sort of TV role or something like that? But mm, I don't have a TV face. No. Oh, jeez. That's a bit rough. Uh, <laughs> no, I love newspaper and digital because you can listen to people as um, in a lot more comfortable way without shoving a camera in their face. You yeah. can just have a chat with them for as long as you like and then choose you know, what, what you're going to use out of that. It's much harder with TV to get that sense of ease and comfortability with people when there's, they know yeah. they've got a camera on them. So I really um, do prefer I feel like it's writing. a lot easier to write than the camera stuff because, well, here we can edit things out if you really need to. But when you're on majority of stuff on the, the news and that, they can just post whatever they want and they you know, tend not to edit it out or you're sort of on the spot or live mm. um, in comparison to... Yeah. Yeah. Um, do, do you have a certain... I remember listening to a guy talk one day. He was on a news thing in Melbourne. I think it might have been a bit of a footy thing. But they had to focus a lot on clicks. Do you have, like, a, a click-through rate on your stuff that the, the bosses look at and they're like... Or in terms of, like, you see it all the time with clickbait and titles and things like that. Mm. Like you have to have, like you don't want to clickbait people, but you need people to see your work. Yeah. yeah I think you've hit you're the yeah. nail on the head there. Um, we like to think <laughs> we have really good values, and I think we do, like yep. hearing what happens in other news organisations and just seeing what's yep. published, I guess. Facebook everyone all the time. Yep. Everyone sees that. Um, it, it, look, we do monitor who's reading what, how many people are reading what, because it just helps inform, you know, what's going on. Yep. Um, and what you said about, you know, you've got, you want people to read your stuff, but you don't want it to be clickbait. That's yeah, exactly course. the balance. Like yeah. you're trying to create a headline or a catchy Facebook line that yep. is going to entice people to read it, but not rep- misrepresent what you're, doing. you're actually writing. Yeah. yeah, so it is that balance. Yeah, trying to attract people to read because it might be important for them to read it yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's not misrepresenting misrep- it mm, it's a tough line i reckon it's a very hard for line sure. to, to have it i like to think we hopefully do it well <laughs> i think you do it well you guys do a good job um like i haven't i just think no matter what you do people crack their shits over anything like you're never gonna have it's like when you talk about um politics and you've got people talking about the government at the moment and the labor and liberal and no matter what they do 
someone's going to crack the shits. Yeah, exactly. No and I think in news, you're not trying to please people. No, well, you're just trying to report. Like, yeah. you're just trying to. Yeah, sometimes facts. if you're trying to please people, you're not doing your job yeah. properly because, you know, we're trying to hold, hold people in positions of authority accountable yep. for what they should be doing. Yep. Um, and, you know, promises they've made. And they're obviously not going to be happy when we're asking questions. Yep. So, a lot of the time, people aren't happy that we're asking questions. Do you push people? Like, do you, like, when you get into an interview style and you've got a, a bit of a. A person that you want to really push to like how do you how do you navigate your way through that conversation i wouldn't say that's my style no. <laughs> <laughs> for example asking the same question over and over again you're not going to get a different answer yep. um it's really difficult because a lot of the time we don't have access to you know the people we want to talk to what do you, mean? Um, you have to go through media departments who especially for government you have to send your questions via email. Uh, you can't... It's very hard to access um, people directly. And the responses we get are often not to the questions we ask. So it's yeah. very, very hard to get answers from government most of the time. So it's all via email so that everyone can check over what they're writing. Yeah, in most of the time. Sometimes you will have opportunity to do an interview or um, when the politicians do stand-ups like you know when you see them out in the community and all yep. the media is there and they're usually announcing some great thing yep. we try and use that time to maybe ask them a few other hard questions because we don't usually get access to them so if you you might see those press conferences where it's about one thing and then some journos asking about some random thing you're yep. like what are they doing that for because we yeah, yeah might be our only opportunity Gotcha. Does that happen here locally, like yeah. in terms of like yeah. councils and stuff like that too? Yeah. Really? To an extent. To not an extent. As, not as bad. But as you go up the government levels, it gets harder. Okay. But um, yeah, there's definitely, and it's not just government. It's some big big um, businesses and big organisations as well. Everyone, everyone has a media department that's trying to control their message. Yeah. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. So question time. Uh, what's something that... You did, you did think about these last month, didn't you? I, I did think, try to. They're very hard them. questions. Do you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I suppose. What's, uh, what's something people would be surprised to know about you? Um, I play three instruments. Yeah, you said that. You said that, yeah, Mark. So Mark, the previous guest, Madeline, that we had on last week. Yeah, I think it was last week. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're musicians. So you, he runs your band yeah mark with them conducts the ballot memorial concert band yeah and i play flute in the band did you do that and madeline school? plays flute very very well <laughs> she sounds did you know she has braille too yeah no i was so impressed by that oh, amazing so yeah, yeah incredible yeah right. yeah i did play through school too yeah. yeah okay yeah how often does that go on um band practices every week once a week yeah yeah okay cool yeah. and then you play like like a beer, do you play like a big, like a practice, but then you've got main day? Is there like a full on day that you go to, or is it just? Um, we practice on a Wednesday night and then we have some gigs every now and then. We did a um, few gigs at the lake for the Heritage Festival. Oh, yeah, yep. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Uh, what do you love most apart from family? <laughs> I laughed when you put apart from family. Isn't that a cop out? Oh, it's yeah, family. Just, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a cop out. Everyone um, loves family. Most of I'd probably say maybe trying new things. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. what? Go on, hit me. Skydiving. Um, 
No, not that extreme. No, like an example, I had never danced before and I did Dancing with Our Stars for the Ballarat Foundation this year. Yep. That was a very big new thing. <laughs> was that, that was, you did that in person, yeah? Like there was, yep. was there a crowd or not? Yep, there was a crowd, limited was a crowd. numbers. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. Everyone will know who my mum is. <laughs> Who's your mum? Because when I won, my mum yelled out and she's like, that's my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you won it. My mum's going to laugh because oh, she's going to cool. listen to this podcast. <laughs> Good on your mum. Get up there and do it. Was she drunk? No. Oh, okay. She's just a proud mum. Okay, that's all right. You'll have to show me some videos. I didn't know you won that. Yeah. I didn't keep up with that either. Yeah. Um, how did you go to Tate? Tate did it. Yeah, Tate was um, very, his dance was very dramatic and spectacular. Ah, who yeah. said that? Who's is that? Were you no. reporting on it? You reported no, on no, it. No, no, no. I wasn't reporting on it. I watched it a lot of times. <laughs> and of course, he had his shirt off for he the dance. Did too. Yeah. Big Tatey boy. Yeah, right. There you go. What do you get for winning that? Just the just the glory or what? Oh, just pride. Pride. <laughs> a reward for hard work. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, that is a few hours that you put into that. Yeah, yeah. Mainly fundraising. Yeah, raised ten thousand or twelve. Yeah, ten thousand two hundred dollars. Oh wow. Yeah. How much did Karoo pitch in for you? A bit? Did we add them? No. No. All no didn't fundraising. Help you. All community support. Oh, JK personnel sponsored me um, to do it. So chipped in five thousand dollars for the Ballarat Foundation, awesome. which was amazing. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what are you most afraid of? Me and my partner laughed at this. Missing out. I have FOMO. Of? <laughs> of anything. I just, I try and do so much because I'm just fear of missing out on yeah. fun stuff or being involved in something. I hear what you say. Um, the housing market. <laughs> cryptocurrencies. <laughs> fear of missing out. Um, yeah, I like that actually. What's something that somebody has said to you in your life that's never left? This was a hard one because I feel like you want a deep and meaningful answer. No, no, it can be, it can be, the, it can be the serious well, thing, it can be whatever. My mum's partner says all the time, and it does stick with me, work, uh, live to work, not work, work to, to live. live. Yeah, yeah, so true though. Yeah. Yeah. How many hours do you do a week? Um, well, it's a regular full-time job, but um, it's challenging because we have daily deadlines where often, you know, you can't finish until you finish your stories for the paper the next yeah. day. So that's the challenge for us in, yeah, be, quite a few extra hours to make so. it happen. I don't reckon you'd ever be off on Saturday and Sunday. You'd be thinking, that's a good topic, that's a good topic, that's a good topic. Yeah, sometimes. I'm pretty good at switching off, but okay. we do work weekends sometimes as well because we have the Monday paper. But yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. Hmm. Um... Do you have a mentor or anything or someone that you look up to? It can be social media in America, it can be just in the community, it can be anything. I think there's so many people in this community actually that I really see as good role models and some really strong um, women who are doing amazing things. Um, had some examples like Melanie Robertson and she was CEO of Committee for Ballarat and she was doing amazing work and now she's doing great work at the hospital. Um, people like Lynn McClellan um, from UFS. Okay. She's such a strong-minded, great example for lots of young women in yep. the community. And um, someone like Cherie Pilkington, who's um, giving so much of her time and put so much of her passion and energy into setting up a social enterprise cafe for um, women of diverse cultural backgrounds. It's a pot of courage at Barclay Square. Where's that? At Barclay Square. Barclay Square, yeah. No, I don't know where Barclay, do I know Barclay um, Square? 
on Barclay Street. BGT took over the old school and they've um, run their training out of there but also made it quite a community hub, lots of community organisations there like... I'm thinking of Hill Street, no, Barclay Street. Barclay Street. Yeah, just up from... Near the got... fire station. Yes, I know, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. In there. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I've named a few people but there's lots of people in the community yeah. well, that's, that, that sort of leads into the next one who do you want to send the podcast next then well I was going to say Cherie, Cherie's got an amazing story to tell and she's yeah just put so much of her passion and time and energy into setting up a pot of courage um, I think maybe quite a few years ago now yep. and um, it just keeps growing and growing and she's given work opportunities and a sense of family and community to so many women of culturally diverse backgrounds in awesome. Ballarat I'll have to... Have you done a story on it before? Yeah, I have. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll do... You have to send that through to me. I'll yep. have to look up at it. Will do. Excellent. Do you have anything else that you want to tell the community or Thanks, anything Josh. you can leave us with? It's amazing work that you do and sharing people's stories. It's so good fun. Good fun yeah, people. thank you. No wine today. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you could have had one. No, 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 no. I've been off the... I reckon there was one episode here, Deal the Socks episode, that we had way too many. I think after that, I might have only had a handful though, but no, excellent. Thanks so much for your time. No worries. Appreciate it. Thanks Um, for having me on. Excellent. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, team. Once again, would appreciate any reviews you've got down below. Have a great day.